The holidays don't stop this show, they just make it better. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 149, for the week of Wednesday, the 31st of December, 2014. This episode is brought to you by the Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, we're ringing in the new year with a toy of the week from every member of the team, plus contest entry details and more. everybody, Scotty here. We are only one show away from our 150th episode. We are so excited to be bringing that to you next week, and also so excited that we have been able to bring you weekly content for all this time. When we started this thing three and a bit years ago, our plan was to start off weekly and keep it weekly for as long as we could, and we're really proud of the fact that we've been able to stick to that all this time. Now, this show is being uh, recorded um, and released on New Year's Eve. And uh, that obviously is a hard time of year to get people together because people are with family as they should be. But what we've done for you is we have recorded several toys of the week for you to listen to tonight. Now, some of the hosts, like myself, are going to be reviewing uh, something perhaps that they got for Christmas or perhaps something from Christmas's past. Before we get stuck into that, I've got two things I want to mention in relation to our 150th episode. There is a way for you to win something on the show, and there is actually a way for you to be on the show. So, firstly, to be on the show, all you need to do is record 30 to 60 seconds and send it to us, and include in that 30 to 60 seconds your name, first name is okay, where you're from, just what part of the world, so that we know, what you collect, and why you like listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast. We genuinely want to know why people keep tuning in week after week. But we also want to give you a chance to give a shout-out and introduce yourself to other people out there in the uh, AFB army. So, 30 to 60 seconds, your name, where you're from, what you collect, and why you like listening to this show. Record it, send it as a sound file to podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and we will include as many as we can in next week's show. We need that by about the 5th of January. So if it's much later than that, it might miss out. So but once you hear this, maybe you should press pause and record that right now and send it to us. Podcast at actionfigureblues.com. The second thing that is going to happen on episode 150 is we're going to give away two great prizes, one prize pack from uh, the great Mike of Mike's Comics and stuff, and another prize pack from Red Collections, one of our other sponsors. And all you need to do to enter that is to answer the five questions that John the Evil Quizmaster has put together for you and send them to podcast.actionfigureblues.com. They were on last week's show. We're going to put them up on website and social media as well. But here they are, again, just in case you've missed them. Here you go. Five questions you need to answer. Number one, we've interviewed two guests on this show who are married to each other. However, they appeared in different episodes. Who are they? What are their names? Number two, name three Kickstarter projects that one or more of the hosts have contributed to. Number three, name three different toy lines by our good friends at Funko different properties inside the overarching line, like different pop vinyls, etc., do not count. Three different toy lines. Number four, 
What was Justin's first statue purchase? Monumental moment on the podcast. What was it? What did Justin buy? And number five, this She-Ra, Princess of Power character, but Masters of the Universe Classics figure, has a bio that says he's a firefighter. Who is he? So rewind if you need to listen again. They're up at our website. Check there. Write your answers to those questions in an email. Send it to podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And why not attach your 30 to 60 second uh, sound file telling us what it is you like about the show and shouting out to the other listeners. And uh, you could have your name heard twice on the show next week. We're really looking forward to it. But right now, let's get stuck into our first of several toys of the week for this show. Big Mac to my house. I'll bring my guys. You have yours. I've got junkyard dogs. It's World Wrestling Federation superstars. I've got Buddhist <laughs> beef cake. Here's Tori the Animal Steel. I've got Great Hammer <laughs> Valentine. Ricky the Dragon Steel. Yeah. They're so real. And Rowdy Rock Piper. <laughs> Can you tell the difference? Yeah. 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 Wrestling superstars. They're for real. Each sold separately from LJN. Yeah! Hi everyone, this is Adam. I'm here to talk to you about my Toy of the Week, for which I have chosen the Koto Bakia Artifacts Iron Man Mark 7. This guy was released in 2012. I got it this year for a birthday present, which makes it 2014 that I acquired it. It's a statue, and as far as price goes, like I said, it's a present, so I'm not going to ask, I don't want anyone to tell me, and I'm not going to go checking. So on with the, the final details of the review. So this guy stands about 12 inches tall, I think. It's a fine rendition of Iron Man in the armor scene in the Avengers movie. There's some nice detailing on the paint. It's, you know, hard to get really imaginative with the Iron Man movie suit kind of paints. I think they've done a lot more work on the, the red. It's a nice kind of burnished looking red. The golds, the silvers, they're, you know, a bit boring and a bit flat, but they've still got um, in places some of the, the detail picked out with little bits of black, um, but not all the way around, so particularly on the backs of the legs, on the gold parts, they're just left to be boring. There's a few other little things about this, so, you know, it comes on a nice base, um, it's a little bit more unique than just a flat, standard museum pose and museum base there's no detailing saying iron man or avengers or anything like that on the base which i'm sure will will drive ben to giddy heights of excitement as far as not being forced to display who the character is if in case people don't already know um the packaging that it comes in was just a, a cardboard box with artwork on it so photo art showing the the statue no problem with that. The the statue itself then comes in the kind of two-piece capsule of plastic which it, in which it's completely disassembled. So that's the two arms are separate. The upper torso is separated from the lower torso. The lower torso is separated from the base. And the batteries, which activate light-up features, um, are kept separate as well. So in terms of the light-up features, let's talk about that one. So on this statue, you have uh, you remove the left pauldron kind of piece for the shoulder, which is kind of the, the bit that would flip up and, and have like little shoulder jets. Uh, there are three settings to like for the switch that's under there. There's off, there's a, a light sensor one, 
the light sensor is uh, on the back of Iron Man. Uh, there's like a little gold plate, and then just above that you can see there's a little black patch which has a light sensor, um, and there's also always on. A little bit of a problem in that the battery connections don't seem to be the best, and on top of that, you have the fun of when I acquired this, the batteries appeared to be flat. So I had to go out and buy fresh batteries, that's fine, but you know what, there's not a lot of point in putting the batteries in, yeah, in a package if they're going to be flat. It's only two years old, you know, batteries should last at least that long in packaging. Uh, if you have to take this apart to change batteries, it's not too hard, you easily lift the, the torso off. Inside the, the top torso, inside the lower torso, you see the little plug that goes back up to, to provide power to the upper torso. The batteries are inside a little case. You just remove the cover for that. Change your batteries, the case back, uh, put the case back together, and then slide Iron Man on. The first couple of times I did that, I was a little bit concerned about damaging the statue, particularly the, um, the lower parts of the upper torso. Nowadays, I'm, I'm getting it to move quite freely, so that's good. Um, as far as the lights go, you get the uh, chest reactor and the eyes light up. Because the arms are separate pieces and because they haven't tried routing power through them, the repulsors in the hands don't light up, which is a little bit disappointing, but, you know, they're not in a pose where you expect them necessarily to be lighting up, um, which is an interesting way to segue into the pose on this, this statue. You have Iron Man with the stand being ground with, you know, grooves slash troughs carved where his feet have been pushed back. And yet he's standing, you know, kind of legs akimbo, arms out at the sides, clenched in fists. For me, it probably would have been a better looking statue if it had looked like he was, uh, had his, his hands up and had those repulsors going as so he was pushing back against something or, um, firing his repulsors. I think that would have been a much better look. So, that's, that's a little bit weird and disappointing when you actually think about it. If you don't think about it and ignore the, the troughs through his feet, you'll kind of go, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, the street, because it's obviously street being ripped up, yeah, look, it's got a bit of detail, not a lot. It's kind of boring. Um, so, you know, fair enough. There are also holes, obviously, for the, the feet pegs to go into, I think... One of those is a little bit hard to get it into in the first place. I'm not going to try taking it apart to do it again. Um, you know, overall, it's a it's a good statue. Being a present, I can't comment on whether it's good value for money. Um, as far as whether I'd get more of these, uh, look, the space that it takes up, being a 12-inch tall thing and it's at least 7 inches along kind of thing along the base... I don't have the space for more of these. Um, I think if you were to get more, you know, just round out your Avengers collection or what have you, that would probably be a very good idea, and they look fine. So um, if it's a, a price point you're willing to pay for, I think they're a good addition. I think these are mainly um, plastic or polyresin kind of, kind of jobbies. They're not polystone, so they're a bit lighter. Um, I think they're less likely to topple you're probably going to worry less about breaking them. Um, so I think that's a, a good starting point for someone interested in a statue-type uh, arrangement. And it's got the light-up features, so there's a little bit of special in there for you as well. So how do I score this? Well, I'm going to take um, a point off for the pose. 
I'm going to take a point off for the way that the light-up features um, require you to fiddle around so much, um, particularly in early days. Um, even now, sometimes it's, you know, the battery contacts seem to get a little bit loose and you have to then take it apart, put it back together and hope that it works again. Um, so I think uh, I take a point off of that as well. Um, like I said, the packaging, there's nothing wrong with it. It's um, it's a fine fine statue, it's fine packaging. So I reckon, yeah, that's uh, probably an 8 out of 10 for me. I hope you've all had a, a good Christmas and I uh, hope you have a safe New Year. And we'll catch you in the new year for further fun and frivolities with the Action Figure Blues podcast. Thanks. Peace out, Adam. Thunder, 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 thunder. Introducing evil mutant warriors, Rattaro, Soulsman, Croon the Destroyer. Battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchiman, Snowman. Tesco Warrior, the battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJF. Well, festive greetings, AFB listeners. I hope you are enjoying the holiday season uh, during this time. And as you're falling into a glazed ham-induced coma, we thought we'd throw out a couple of quick reviews to pass some of that holiday time. Uh, for this episode, I'm going to be reviewing something just a little bit different, and that is the Effect Burning Flame. Now, what is that you're wondering? Well, you've seen these around. Um, These are the new action figure accessories from Bandai. Uh, A bit of an odd name there, Effect Burning Flame, as opposed to Burning Flame Effect or something like that. But anyway, that's what they're called, Effect Burning Flame. Um, I'm reviewing the red version. These do come in a couple of variations. And uh, these were actually a release of 2014, and I picked them up uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, As I said, these are actually action figure accessories. So what is it all about? Well, really, what it consists of is a a number of segmented pieces that um, basically reflect, uh, I guess, action figure flames accessories. Um, This is something that you can use when photographing your figures, or if you just want to enhance a display, you can use these to give the impression that a character is controlling fire or walking within fire and that sort of thing. So the the red ones certainly go well with the the human torches, the firestorms, Ghost Rider, um, all those kinds of characters. Um, How much will they set you back? These are going for around US $20 at the moment. Um, It's not the sort of thing that I generally see in my local comic shop. I actually had to uh, acquire mine through Amazon. Uh, So you have to factor in maybe a a little bit of postage. But look, for $20, the the price of a a 6-inch action figure these days, I think that's pretty impressive. Now, this set does come with quite a a number of pieces that vary in size, and uh, measuring the tallest of all the pieces, you're looking at uh, about 7 inches tall, um, around 18 centimetres for the largest one. How many pieces do you get? Good question. All right, well, basically, when you start looking at the, uh, the pieces, you get three large pieces for small pieces. So the, you get a, a large skinny piece, quite a, a short fat piece, and one that sits somewhere in between. Um, and then you get three, uh, sorry, four smaller 
um, sort of yeah, add-on pieces uh, to complement those. So let's um, just talk about the packaging quickly. This is Bundai, and they seem to have settled into a, a pretty good thing with the way they do a lot of their action figure packaging. So the um, the effect burning flame packaging is very reminiscent of um, perhaps the uh, the Monster Arts Godzilla figures. You've got that traditional window box that opens from the side. Um, it's not particularly exciting. It's just a white box with a lot of yellow um, enhancements and a bit of text. Bundai still don't seem to understand that their products are sold all over the world, so they stick with their, their Japanese text on the box. There's very, very little that's actually written in English or any other language. Um, really, the box is not particularly exciting. I think they, they really are selling it by, um, you know, looking at the, the product within through the, the you know, the... I guess the um, the window box, because what they've actually done, which is quite interesting, is the what you'd normally have is either a um, the clear front of the box and maybe the top. But what they've opted to do is actually have the clear front and the clear back. That means that um, when you actually pick the box up in the shop or somewhere like that, if you actually hold it up to the light, you can see right through the box. And because the pieces are actually translucent, it's quite a, a sort of fun effect. And I guess you know you get a bit of an idea of the sorts of things that you can do with this product. Um, what's interesting is Bandai continue to use that um, nondescript looking six inch buck as their demo um, for all their products and you know this is actually a, a figure that a lot of people have actually requested so it'll be interesting if Bandai decide to go ahead and, and make that figure because it's um, certainly highly articulated. Um, once you actually get the box open this is where Bandai really do shine in the way they choose to package things. Um, because of the, the, the high number of pieces they've actually chosen to uh, release this in a two-level tray so when you take it out it looks like there's an awful lot of pieces to it but really uh, you lift off the top and you present it with two trays full of pieces um, each tray has its own lid um, so you don't actually have to rely on the top tray holding the bottom trays pieces in place because they each have their own little sort of piece that fits over and holds everything together um, because of the nature of these flame effects and, and lots of little squiggly bits that stick out in different directions, uh, it can be quite confusing getting some of the, the parts back into the box if um, you are someone who wants to put them away. Uh, I really do suggest taking a photo uh, of the piece as soon as you take them, sorry, as soon as you remove the trays from the box, just to make it a bit easier to get them back later on. Um, but certainly, you know, once you've got them out, they, they come out quite easily. There's no fidgeting, uh, there's no tape, there's no twist tyres or, or anything like like that so yeah collector friendly definitely if you you know just pay that little bit of extra attention so in terms of sculpt um it is what it is the the idea with these is they they are meant to reflect um a burning flame um it's quite interesting the way they've actually done this because uh i think you know looking at flickering flames it is something that is quite difficult to capture in three-dimensional form uh, and I think they've had a really really good go at it and it certainly works if you put these um, these accessories you know in with a figure like Ghost Rider or the Human Torch they look fantastic but there's just some really subtle um, I guess 
work done to, to I don't know, make it a, a little bit off left of centre. And I think this is so that you can actually make use of these with other figures who may not necessarily use fire but use something similar, whether it's plasma or energy, uh, red energy or something like that. So they're, they're not so unique that they can only be used as flames. I think you could actually get away with using these for um, quite a few different characters. So the pieces you're effectively getting, as I mentioned before, the three large pieces, they're, they're actually quite well sculpted uh, and really give you that um, nice swirling flaming effect but each one has quite a, a solid base these are actually sort of like a, a vinyl plastic there is some um, well I guess some flex in them because they're, they're quite sort of thin pieces in, in parts but they've all got a nice sort of hefty base that's quite weighty so they sit quite nicely around your action figures and um, the three large effects are actually significantly different enough that they do look really good if you actually put all three around a figure they don't sort of you know blend together and and you know become indistinguishable from one another they really do uh, look quite good the short fat one tends to be uh, a lot more red than the tall thin one so what they've actually done is as the flames get further away from the base they actually become um, more yellow so you get that deep red right through to that very very light colored yellow which is actually quite clever um I might move on to that and actually talk about, well, I guess this is the area where we'd normally talk about painting, um, but there is no paint to be seen anywhere. Um, there's no paint on this at, at all. It's made of translucent plastic that you can, um, can see through mostly. Um, what I'm actually a little bit confused about is how they've managed to pull off this effect because, as I mentioned, the plastic changes from red through to orange through to yellow through to a very light yellow, uh, and I actually am not sure how they've achieved this. I thought perhaps, you know, they've done some sort of subtle wash over a clear plastic to, to do that, but if they have, they've done it incredibly well. I can't actually see, you know, how they've actually done on that so whatever process they've used um, full credit to them it's actually been very very effective in the way they've done that um in terms of articulation you probably think that that'd be really boring and i'll move on quite quickly but you'd actually be wrong um the the largest piece and the middle piece both have articulation in the center um, i didn't realize this until i started playing with them and then i realized that both those pieces actually have a ball joint uh, at about the halfway mark and this is actually a lot of fun a because the ball joint is quite well hidden it's quite discreet in the way they've done it but of course it gives you further posing abilities because you can move that flame around um, one of them gets a little bit off balance if you go too far in one direction but the movement of the ball joint really does allow you to get some pretty cool poses happening so i was actually quite surprised on that um, in terms of other posing, the four small pieces that um, come addition, as additional pieces, um, they vary quite a bit. At first you sort of look and just think, oh yeah, there's just four extra pieces that look roughly the same. They are actually quite different. Um, this is where things get a little bit confusing because each of the four small parts have that sort of small claw at the base where if you're careful you can actually kind of uh, click them onto the larger pieces so you know i mentioned before that you were looking at about seven inches in height if you're careful you can actually add one of these extra pieces onto that and probably pull off another two or three inches in height and get some um, quite significant uh, effects going but 
it's the sort of thing where it really does take a bit of time. You really have to sit there and fiddle to really get the best effect. And yeah, that, that means you can use the four small pieces to bulk up some of the bigger pieces and make them even bigger again. But it really does take a little bit of fiddling. It's not obvious where these pieces can attach. You, you need to spend a bit of time working out what's best for you. You find out quite quickly where, you know, you might try to attach a flame and the flame doesn't sit properly. So it ends up sort of hanging off. And, you know, horizontal to the vertical piece, and that looks really odd because the flames don't look like they're naturally flowing. So there's a little bit of effort involved. However, where I think the small pieces really do shine uh, is when you actually attach them to action figures. So as I mentioned, they've got these little sort of U-shaped, um, oh, I guess, attachments where you can click them onto wrists and ankles uh, and even to weapons if you wanted to. And this is where it becomes a lot of fun because this is where you get those really cool effects where you can actually have the three large effects surrounding someone like, um, you know, perhaps Ghost Rider or the Human Torch, and then you can start snapping on those smaller ones to the actual body of the action figure and really come up with some fun-looking uh, poses. So, you know, I'm really quite impressed with just the sheer variety um, in terms of posing. There, It's really, you know, it's limited only to your imagination into to how you can pull this off. It's really quite a fun concept. Um the really cool thing about Bundai is uh, fans actually took to this really, really quickly. Uh, I think this is something that's been incredibly positive. So Bundai quickly followed this up with a blue version um, that goes from dark blue through to a light blue. This is obviously something that um, looks very good with someone like Mira or Namor, sort of giving that that flame, uh, sorry, that um, that wave water type effect. Again, this is where I think that that subtlety in the sculpting has really um, paid paid off in terms of not making it look too much like one thing. You can kind of get away with using it for a few different things. So really, I think this is a really clever idea. And as I said, the fact that it's really only about the same cost as an action figure is a really, really good deal because there's loads of uh, fun you can get away with for these. And of course, the other thing you can do too is buy multiples. There's no reason why you couldn't go ahead and buy two or three of these and really create some pretty impressive flame effects with your um with your photos. So anyway, look, I think this is a fantastic idea. I got these as a Christmas present, so I'm absolutely thrilled. I think they're brilliant. I'll be keeping an eye out for um, the new stuff that Bundai is doing with their rock effects as well. Um, I can't fault them really in any way for the price, the, the casting, the colours. Everything works really, really well. I have no choice but to give these 10 out of 10 dollars. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, enjoy the rest of the festive season, and we'll talk again soon. Hey, kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous corners, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, from the Super Mario Bros. movie. You want to know what makes them super? Because they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brilliant sidekicks, Iggy and Spike, using only their plumbing tools, and they battle the Goombas. Koopa's hideous dino human army. Those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Brothers action figures from Earl. But don't worry, they're not real. Hey guys, John here, and I'm here with a review of a three and three quarter inch figure that has 16 points of articulation. And no, it's probably not what you're thinking because this one's from the mid seventies. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, whoa, 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 three and three quarter inch figure from the mid seventies that's highly articulated. Come on, give us a break. But no, it actually did happen. And I know depending on your age, you're probably going, Hey, you know, Star Wars was the first three and three quarter figure, but actually, um, there was a couple of lines before Star Wars, even if the Stephen Sansweet book uh, 
on collectibles kind of makes it sound like there's something a little different going on. But in this case, um, there were two that I can think of, and both of them are favorites of mine. One is, of course, Adventure People, and you know I'm going to have to cover some of that one of these days. But the other one was Micronauts, and you've heard us talk about Micronauts on the show, and that's what I'm going to be looking at today. I'm going to be looking at a Micronauts time traveler. And um, just a little history first, because this is kind of one of those interesting toy inception kind of things. Um, back in 1972, Takara wanted to release some Henshin Cyborg. And if you're familiar with the word Henshin, it means transforming. And uh, it's used in Kamen Rider and a bunch of other of other stuff. And um, they decided that they wanted to make 8 and 12 inch figures. So what they did is license G.I. Joe molds from Hasbro. Okay, so they made them in clear, and you ended up with a 12-inch clear G.I. Joe. And this was, of course, the Henshin Cyborg, and there was a whole bunch of figures in that line, and you go on from there. Now, after um, a couple of years, in 1974, they thought, oh, if we made a miniature version, um, we could make vehicles and stuff, and that became the Takara line Microman, which was brought to the States as... Micronauts. And of course it was brought over by Mego and we ended up with all of the Mego Micronaut stuff here. Now, just to take it a little bit further, um, after, uh, a while, uh, Takara actually came up with some changing type vehicles for Microman. And what happened with those? They came back to the United States as Transformers. So there's that whole Inception thing working. You know, you got, uh, Transformers basically coming from Micronauts or Microman, which came from Henshin Cyborg, which was originally molded from G.I. Joe. So all you big Transformer fans that kind of diss on G.I. Joe, just understand that, hey, we came first and without us, you know, you wouldn't exist. But moving on to the subject of my review, and that's the Time Traveler. And this is the basic uh, Micronaut that everybody knew. This is the guy. He didn't have any fancy wings, arms, or anything coming off of his body. He just looked like a little dude. Um, originally introduced in, I think, 76 or 77. Uh, there were four basic Time Travelers, and these were like the Army Builders. You'd see this little guy. He's just got like a little chrome head with a hairdo on it. And... Um, you know, they were just like the army builder. Now they came in four different colors. So, you know, you could have like different ones and then they had removable chest plates. They of course came on that lovely fan favorite of the, the vintage toys that everybody came packed in. And that was the blister card. Now they actually came blister carded with their arms raised up and they came with a little tiny piece of elbow. And that was a little connector port, which would allow you to connect them to different vehicles and so forth. Now I never had anything to connect mine to, but I did have as a kid, I had three of these. I did not have the orange one, but I had a blue one, a clear one and a yellow one. Now, here's one of the downsides. Only one of mine has survived this far, and that is the yellow one. And he has actually had a little glue work on him uh, to preserve him. So, uh, that being said, we'll move on a little bit. You know, this this is a um, an O-ring type figure, so very similar to GI Joe. Uh, got a screw hole in the back, and that's where that little five millimeter connector port goes into. Um, a really similar in articulation to the early G.I. Joe figures. You've got the, the shoulders with the rivets, uh, knees, um, and then, you know, the hip joints are, are G.I. Joe-esque with, even with the screws in the mid thigh, just like, um, a Joe figure. But a couple of things that are different. One, the head's on like a ball joint. 
So you've got this vac metalized head with a ball joint. And then oddly, um, they came with hands that had like little cuffs on them. And these hands were actually ball jointed into those cuffs. So if you had one micronaut, you could swap the hands. If you, you know, if you had a disassembled one, you could, you could swap hands, although they were all the same for the time traveler. So that really wouldn't do you a lot of good, but you could do it. On top of that, they also had ankle articulation, which was pretty novel for the time. And they were little feet that had like a little, again, like a little cuff. And then the, the foot itself would pop onto a ball joint. So, um, all in all, I mean, these are things that if you think about GI Joe and star Wars figures, they, they were all way ahead of their time. Uh, just because of what they were. Now, there's no paint on these guys. Um, like I said, there's they're some vac metal, but all three of the time travelers, or all four of the time travelers, were molded in uh, clear. So, you know, if you're looking for that vintage one, they're, they're molded in clear. Um, there were some versions later on in solid colors, but the clear one or is the one I'm talking about. And actually, specifically, I'm talking about my yellow one, because I have him here in front of me. And... Um, you know, there's no paint because of that. Everything's either molded, and the hands and feet are molded in white, and the head is a vac metal chrome type uh, color. Now, I imagine there's probably even some uh, some painted versions and customs and stuff out there, but this guy is just like he was when he was new. Now, speaking of vac metal, there's one little accessory piece kind of important, and that was um, his chest plate. The chest plates pop off, and you could swap these among the different time travelers. I don't actually think they came specifically with one color. I think they were kind of mix and match. They just had a box of them, and then would pick them up and pop them in. Um, I only had, like, two different uh, chest plates, I remember, because I had two or three figures, but two different chest plates, so... You know, there was some different stuff going on there. You pop the chest plate off, and there was some, like, circuitry kind of molded into him over there. Uh, but um, all in all, kind of cool. Um, you know, I used to—I remember being a kid, and and when everybody, you know, when uh, 2-1-B would fix this guy, he'd have to go over to pop his chest plate off and, you know, do things inside and then pop his chest plate back on. Um Pretty cool figure. Uh, like I said, they're fairly highly articulated um, for their time. You know, you could get them to do knee bends and sit and things that you couldn't get a Star Wars figure to do. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Um, I think there's 16 points total if I counted right. All depends on how you count the head joint and, you know, the ankles and stuff. So, um, you know, a fair amount of articulation for the time. And if you really think about it compared to, say, Star Wars, uh, these guys were really way ahead of their time until GI Joe came along. We really didn't see that kind of figure here. Now, um, one thing I will say, and I, you heard me mention that, um, mine is actually glued together, um, in one place and he broke mid bicep oddly. And I don't know if it was just from how he was stored or not, but, um, he did break and, you see that a lot with these figures. Um, I think it's probably the quality of the clear plastic. It just doesn't hold up over time. Um, I will also say that mine over time has not held up on the head. Uh, the, a lot of the vac metal has came away and, you know, there's kind of a whitish kind of thing underneath. So it doesn't show as much, but even the vac metal on the, uh, the chest plate is kind of worn away in a couple of places. So, um, that does happen. I mean, you know, we're talking about a vintage toy here and if it's one that was played with, you're going to see some of that. So, um, you know, it's to be expected. I will say that a lot of Micronauts probably didn't survive the area just because they were, you know, a lot more fragile, fragile than anything else of their contemporaries, like adventure people where you only had the, the big five, um, 
for articulation. These guys, because of their, their articulated nature, I think we're just a little more fragile. Um, common, you know, elbows broke off. That was pretty common. And the other thing I've seen a lot of broken points on is the feet. The little ball that holds the foot on will, will be broken off. Um, so these are kind of things to kind of look at if you're, you're buying Micronauts and you can see them in person before you buy them. Um, just kind of look them over real well, make sure they haven't been glued back together. If they do, if they have, you know, tr try and identify that before you buy. Um, like I said, this clear plastic just doesn't want to hold up over time. I don't think overall, you know, um, you know, I, I had these guys, I never read the comic. I, I never knew any of the backstory. So, uh, you know, for me, it was just a matter of, hey, this is a cool line. You know, people knew Micronauts, but really didn't know what it was about. Um, ben kind of alluded to that in our Christmas episode. But, um, you know, I just kind of had these guys, and they were extra fill-ins for my Star Wars figures. You know, they were the extra guy hanging out in the cantina, or um, they were a, a robot that could help the, the Rebel Alliance or whatever. So um, while I didn't know their backstory, there, there's plenty of information out there if you would like to go research it. I'm sure you can find it. Uh, you know, there have been a couple of attempts to get this line restarted and it just never has taken off. Um, Palisades uh, tried to restart it. And I think that, you know, it was at a time when they were probably facing some quality control issues. And I think some of their figures suffered because of that. And Soda also tried to uh, relaunch a Micronauts line um, as a six inch line and that didn't really take off. So, um, you know, we'll probably have to wait. Maybe, maybe one of these days a Japanese version will take off and uh, make its way over here to the States. Overall, though, um, I mean, for what he is, he's a plain dude just standing there. He doesn't have any fancy features or anything. Um, I'm going to give him an 8 out of 10 dollies um, just for his significance in uh, where he was in time and kind of the evolution of the action figure. I think I think the Micronauts, and specifically this time traveler, because he's a basic human uh, figure, I think they play a significant part in that, that evolution to what we have today. So... Anyway, this is John, and that's my my kind of vintage review for this time. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, like I said, maybe one of these days I'll check out some adventure people. Anyway, this is John saying peace out. Open the jaw bridge. The powers of evil control Castle Grayskull. Oh yeah, Dad, watch Ramman power. I'll get us inside, He-Man. Ramman, He-Man, and Castle Grayskull each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. Ramman, use your head. I just did. Not that way. We have a prisoner. Good. Who's the prisoner? You are, because we have the power. Oh, no. Ram Man and He-Man from the Maskers of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel. Hello, this is Eli, and I'm here on the Action Figure Blues podcast episode 149 with a Toy of the Week review for you. I am going to be reviewing the I Am Elemental figures, specifically the Lunchbox Carry Case set. So I Am Elemental is a successful Kickstarter project uh, announced in 2014 and successfully backed, uh, I think, in June this year. Um, they had aimed for a $35,000 goal and they ended up getting $160,000 from about 2,500 backers. So the main idea behind the I Am Elemental figures is to get action figures out in the market for girls. Um, the creators of the project uh, had discovered that pretty much the typical female action figure that was on the market's not actually designed for girls at all, and probably not even for boys, but more for adult male collectors. So they thought they would uh, do something that they thought had... Um, 
a great chance of success in that they would design a set of characters that was um, more healthy representation of a female character in that the breast waist and hip ratios are actually a little bit more realistic. So what we have in this um, carry case pack that uh, I have acquired this year is seven action figures, um, each about four inches or 10 centimetres high, and each of them is a different character in the set. So we have um, all ele- represented as elements of courage. We have bravery, energy, honesty, industry, enthusiasm, persistence, and fear, who uh, is a dark power or something like that now the set that i got um i backed on kickstarter cost 65 dollars us plus shipping uh don't quite recall what the shipping was but it was entirely reasonable and um as promised i received it in time for christmas which was good because my daughter got to open these figures on christmas day and um unexpected joy was had Type of packaging, so the case itself is a typical tin lunchbox type of um, affair with uh, with a custom logo printed on it. Outside of that was a kind of a shoulder slip thing on top of that, and it was all packaged in a white shipper box. Inside the carry case, each of the figures is packaged in uh, a blind bag style package, um, but uh, and on the back of the package was listed the seven characters, and it is marked in pen which one of the characters is in each of these. The concept for these um, figures, though, is that they can be sold as blind bags or mystery packs, as they are called. So the the blind bag is a, a white bag with plenty of artwork and, as I mentioned, a list of the characters on the back. Easy tear packaging. Um, the nature of the packaging is, no, they're not collector-friendly. They're designed to be played with. Um, however, uh, one of the, the things that could be backed was a separate collector tin, which was aimed at the, um, the adult collector um, based on some feedback they received that said they'd like to keep them mint in and be able to see them. So there was a tin created with foam insert and a shrink wrap bottom of the case so they could be put on display and you could see what was in there. Them at the same time. So the actual figures themselves, they, um, as I mentioned, they're a four inch scale or, or 10 centimeter figure. Um, so they are pretty much in scale with Marvel Universe figures. Um, also vaguely say in the Young Justice figures, um, that sort of scale, they'll pretty much fit in with any of those types of scale figures or three and three quarter inch scale as they're called. But as I said, these measurements are about four inch or 10 centimeters. So it's the right amount of detail for the scale and the playability. These are, uh, as I said, designed to be played with. Um, very similar, as I said, to the Marvel Universe in terms of the the sculpt and also the articulation. We've got nine points of articulation. So we've got a ball jointed neck, um, got the shoulders, elbows, knees and hips. Uh, as their line says, they are poseable, they stand, they bend, they sit, um, and they also sit without splaying their legs in a hypersexualized straddle. Um, as they said, try that with some existing figures sometime. Fascinating. I'd have to agree with that with most of the female action figures I've uh, put in a sitting pose. They don't actually sit too daintily. 
terms of the color choices, they're good. So they're, they're like a metallic gray, silver type of base. Um, the main, uh, sort of, uh, part of their outfit, I guess that's meant to be like, uh, armor. Uh, and they, there is highlight colors f- for the, the characters. So the skin, their hair and the accessories. So you, there's, there's some pink, but there's also orange, there's red, there's purple and there's blue. So it's a pretty good selection that, will be easily identifiable to girls, um, but not overly pink, uh, should I say. The paint apps themselves are pretty good for this scale. There seems to have been a consistent issue where the um, silver grey meets the coloured skin around the upper torso and neck area, so it could be a little cleaner there. But generally, it is uh, really good and um, great for this scale accessories there are heaps so uh particularly for this set i get the tin um also in the tin i get a um uh, an activity book so the kids can do some coloring in or also think about creating their own characters and there's also a bracelet um for them now that bracelet uh, i'll speak to about in a little minute so each figure as i said comes in the blind bag packaging each one of them comes with a little shield that attaches in their hand but will also attach to the bracelet so you can put any number one or seven of those on this bracelet and then they the girls um the proud owner of these figures can actually wear that bracelet um the shields have the elements of courage on them also, um, they each come with two trading cards and a map or, or a, a map of the elements and where they sit. Um, and that all comes in a little nylon drawstring carry bag. And that's perfect for a little girl who wants to put her characters into a sleeping bag for the night. And also for the backery award, kind of an accessory is a, is a bonus figure. Um, so they, uh, I guess the idea of that is is so that that bonus figure is given to somebody else's little girl so that they might also get um, interested in the project. So they've really done well on the accessories. Now, the individual accessory, the removable accessory that comes with each figure is pretty cool. So we've got uh, one character, Honesty, who's got uh, a set of wings that comes off. We've also got... um, uh, one with flames on her shoulders, another one with more sort of armoured shoulder gear. We've got one who's got a chest plate that comes off. We've got one with a cape. Uh, we've also got Fear, who I mentioned before, who has got these sort of snake um, motif shoulder pads as well as a what looks like a snake gauntlet gun type of thing on one hand um, they're all pretty cool and um, mostly they come on and off pretty pretty easily uh, to get some of them off you have to pop the heads off and surprisingly that is um, pretty easy to get back on and off uh, for a, a small child my daughter's five years old and she didn't seem to have too much trouble she's been mixing and matching them and creating her own characters and this is all good that she's able to get into that gameplay with these figures she did ask her if she could take them into the bath the first night and i uh, i suggested maybe not just yet but i don't know how long i'll be able to stop that one part with the accessories was that the chest plate um, for one of those figures, I think Enthusiasm is that particular character, it didn't stay on too well once it had been removed the first time. So nothing, a little bit of blue tack didn't help keep in place, but uh, just a slight bit of um, uh, problem there with things not staying on. But other than that, all the accessories come on and off and stay where they're meant to. 
So these are really playable. Um, it's great that um, my daughter anyway can um, play around with them, mix and match characters, create her own characters, create her own actions. I spent a lot of time on Christmas Day helping um, her go out on missions with the um, with the figures. Really good, really well designed. Articulation is great. Um, the the character development they put into these figures is great. This is only series one, so the next series um, is going to I don't know when it's going to come. They've been really successful. They've sold out of any all of their extra figures. They're in back order status. There's probably some um, bricks and mortar and other online retailers that have got some. If you can get hold of these, get hold of them. Um, you will be able to in a next round. Um, and you know, steal um, steal their brothers' uh, Marvel universes figures and get them all mixing up and fighting. Really well done. I'd have to say it was uh, probably the uh, most successful of the Christmas presents my daughter received. So I was pretty happy with that. It was a pretty uh, educated guess as to these being received well. So overall, I um, out of a dolly rating of ten, dolly rating. See, it's action figures for girls. Um, I'm probably going to give it. I'd, I'd really like to give it a ten, uh, but just for the thing with the accessory um, that didn't f- stay on and and a little bit of paint um, issue, I'm going to give it a strong nine. Um, And that's my Toy of the Week for episode 149. From the Black Hole Collection, it's Vincent. Look, a black hole in space. And Captain Dan Holland, it's the Black Hole action figures, each sold separately. You can pretend the evil Dr. Reinhardt and Maximilian want to force Captain Holland and Vincent into the Black Hole. Other Black Hole action figures sold separately. Maximilian, Captain Holland, Vincent, and all Black Hole action figures sold separately by Migo. Hello, this is Justin from the Action Figure Blues podcast. And during this Christmas time, I hope everyone is staying safe and well. And I hope that Santa was good to everyone. Santa was very good to me. And I am going to take a turn and do a review week of something I got for Christmas, and that would be the Batman Arkham City Play Arts, what's called number seven Batman, which is the 1970s Batsuit Skin Batman. What a mouthful. So the company is Play Arts Kai, um, Square Enix, I should say, so one and the same, I guess. Um, year of release, I'm not too sure, it's a Christmas present, so year of acquisition is uh, this year for Christmas. Um, and the size, it is an 8-inch action figure. The price, I've had a sticky beak around just for this review. I'm not uh, having a look to make sure that um, money was well spent on me, but the price for this action figure from local retailers or web retailers, I guess, he was... Uh, That's Australian. So the packaging is not the regular clamshell. It is a boxed window type of uh, packaging. And uh, it's one where there's a Velcro tab, like so, as you can probably hear. And you can open up and see the figure inside. And there's a blurb, so it's definitely resealable and collector-friendly. Now, the styling... Uh, it's a predominantly white and black box. Uh, there's uh, artwork of Batman in black and white. And there's some Arkham City branding from the game around as well. On the back, 
There's also a Joker figure, which is number eight, which I may have to track down just so Batman doesn't feel so lonely. So, once again, yeah, collector-friendly can be open. There's a tray, a removable tray, and uh, can go in and out nice and easily. Now, the sculpt is uh, quite amazing uh, for all the 90s collectors out there, or collectors that were collecting in the 90s, I should say. Um it's very much reminiscent of Total Justice. This is the first uh, Play Art Sky figure that I've ever received, and um, it is something to behold. Now, it is uh, quite, I don't know how to describe it, more like stretched out or heavily muscled, heavily wrinkled, or heavily detailed. There's no doubt about that. Um, now, the paint being the 90s, well, it says 70s Batman, but this costume went into the 80s as well. It's the light grey, yellow oval, blue cape, blue cowl, gloves, underpants, and boots Batman. Um, this is my favourite costume of Batman ever. Um, and the family have done well to get this Batman. Um, now, the quality of apps, there is a bit of overspill, there's a bit of blue on grey and vice versa in in uh, spots, but I will forgive them for being such an awesome figure. <laughs> the number of points of articulation are 26, and the joints and so forth are in a way where you can get him into some really deep, extreme sort of poses. I've opted to pose Batman in a way where he's just about to fire off his batarang. And you can get him a nice sort of crouch pose ready to strike. Now, the the types of articulation is what you expect, sort of, uh, I guess these could be described as rocker ankles, double knees, which they're heavily stylized and would take some getting used to. Um, they really stick out when you get into those deep poses. Uh, it's quite, quite hard to describe unless you have one. Legs, waist, um, uh, not waist actually, ab crunch. So the ab crunch takes place of the waist, um, shoulders, neck, all the good bits. Now, playability and posability, both the same. Uh, the, the, the cape is uh, fantastic. It's uh, segmented. There's two, type, there's two parts of it, and you can get the cape into some really good uh, sort of poses, if that's right to describe a cape, um, as well. So it really shifts each way on his back. Um, once again, the... Posability is very good. You can get him in quite a number of different stanzas and, and different things. Um, so, accessories, it comes down to one batarang. It's a gold sort of batarang. And also two sets of hands. So he's got either two fists or two open hands, which is very good. There's also a um, base that uh, Batman can be put onto. I haven't uh, opened that. I'm going to keep that in the box. It's actually sealed to a sort of tray insert into the box, and I don't want to take it away because the pose I'm going to have him in is not really necessary. Now, down to the rating. Like I said, the first uh, Play Arts Kai Square NX figure I've ever received, and um, I absolutely love it. It takes some getting used to the size and the, and the heavily stylized sort of way, it, way it's been sculpted, but it is a very good uh, figure. I'm going to have to chase down, I think, Joker, like I said, just so he's not um, too bored on the shelves. Um, I've had a look around at the other heavily stylized one that Scott usually talks about on the podcast. It's really not for me. If they could do a classic line um, pre-52 Batman or if they came out with a Marvel 
uh, line as well, I'd be into that. Um, now, for the ratings, um, I, I'm really struggling to take points away. The only thing I can really do is the paint rub and also the crotch area. The underpants are like a soft plastic, which when you get them into poses, they look a little awkward. Uh, for those two things, I'm going to give this Batman figure an 8 out of 10. So, uh, having said all that, uh, thanks for listening to this uh, mini-review. And uh, once again, please be safe over this Christmas New Year period. And uh, I hope that you guys will listen again next year. Thanks. I consider it a privilege to talk to you guys uh, and be a part of the show. So, yeah, once again, thanks for listening. Bye. This is Major Matt Mason, Mattel's Man in Space. Ready for every adventure with all his official equipment. The space station, protected by solar shields. The moon suit, designed for exploration. The space crawler that keeps on going no matter what. Get them together or separately. And share the exciting adventures of Major Matt Mason, Mattel's new Man in Space. Well, last but certainly not least, it's over to me for my review of the week. I am reviewing the most awesome Christmas present that I received, which is the DC variant Aquaman figure from Play Arts Kai. This is one of the latest in the DC variant line. Um, this wave also includes Cyborg that I did also receive and might look at later on the show. I've reviewed a number of the pieces in this line. I have all of them so far. Obviously, Aquaman being my guy, this is a real maker break for me in the line, and I am pleased to report that I am anything but disappointed. Um, I'm obviously obliged to think that anything Aquaman <clears throat> is awesome, and uh, to think that anything Aquaman is the most awesome in the line. I know that's not always true, but in this case, um, this figure really takes the cake for me so far of all of the figures in this line. So this is the 2014 release and acquisition. The uh, packaging is primarily collector-friendly. It is the window box with Velcro, uh, the tray with cover on the inside. Um, one of the things about these figures that, uh, in terms of packaging, that ultimately is not collector-friendly is the card at the back that has the stand and the pieces for the stand on it. Um, I don't think I'm going to need it for this figure because he stands really well, so I won't um, tear those off the bubble, otherwise they'll be hard to keep and put back together. Um, also, in terms of packaging, one thing that I'm really impressed with with uh, this particular figure is that he actually comes with a separate container for his extra hands. I'm going to talk about all the extra hands in a moment, but one of the things that's often fiddly about figures like these with multiple hands is that once you take that big cover off the tray, then it's very hard to contain them. Um, the extra hands that aren't already attached to something else come in their own tray with their own cover, which makes them easy to keep track of and look after. So huge points for that. And the other thing that I do appreciate about this packaging is that there are instructions about how to put some of the character-specific pieces together, which is always useful. So to the figure itself, this is uh, a 10-inch figure. Um, it is highly articulated, as all in this line. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't counted, I must confess, um, not being an articulation guy, but everything that you would need. Um, they are sculpted in... Uh, 
a manner that makes them still easy to recognize as a character, but in a um, anime manga style um, of armor plating. And Aquaman has been done really nicely with kind of right amounts of orange, yellow, green, etc., um, to make him clearly recognizable, um, but still. Uh, appropriate for this line. Um, he is very easy to pose. The one thing I was concerned about when I first took him out of the package was that he has got the kind of crazy high heels that a number of these um, characters do have, but actually in this case they help with uh, his posability, so no complaints there. Um, the joints are not uh, too stiff, too tight. Um, he's got a lot of flexibility in his neck joint. There's actually kind of two levels of articulation of the neck, both at the the head and then um, his neck within the outfit, which makes it really easy to uh, pose in a number of different um, angles in terms of where he's looking. Um, <clears throat> his uh, armor is really beautifully sculpted. There's really no detail spared. And very nice um, extra details on his gloves and uh, his boots um, that really make this very effective. And the other thing that I really like about this sculpt-wise is his face is um, really nicely detailed. Um, he's got a very determined look on his face, but um, it makes it adds dynamism to the poses. Um, in terms of accessories, one of the things that uh, is often a bit frustrating with Aquaman toys is that while he comes with a trident, he is not actually um, usually posable enough to do the things that you would like to do with the trident, and uh, it looks awkward. This uh, is the most awesome trident toy-wise that I've seen. Um, it is much larger than often the tridents that he comes with. Um, it doesn't have any uh, pieces or articulation to it. It's all one piece, but because of the level of articulation in the figure, it is really easy to pose him um, holding the trident in different forms, and so truly awesome. This figure comes with eight hands. He is packaged with fists. He then also has two hands that hold the trident, uh, one for each arm, two hands that are outstretched, and then two hands that are actually attached to water effects. He has a left outstretched hand with a small water effect that you then just, um, all one piece, attach on to the uh, wrist peg and off you go. And then he has uh, also a right hand um, with a very large water effect as if the water is streaming you know, out at a distance um, that again is one piece that you can attach on. And that's all very easy to manage. He then comes with two other larger water effects um, that are separate to the hands. They're meant to be inserted into the hands and then to the wrist peg. Um, those I have not found quite so easy or obvious in terms of how to attach, so I haven't accomplished that yet. Um, but again, it adds some really nice effects to the way that you compose this figure. Um, reminds me a lot of the Green Lantern figure in that regard in terms of the energy effects that he came with and uh, is really nicely done. <clears throat> Paint-wise, um, the 
All of the elements of his outfit and his accessories are outstanding. Um, they're really nice metallic paints that have been used. Um, the orange is a really nice orange that's not garish at all, um, but you know definitely shows that Aquaman orange. And then they've done a really nice job of adding highlights by using a, a more golden color to highlight the orange. Um, the green also has some highlights in it as well, from darker to lighter green. That's a really nice color color combination. It's not garish at all. Um, it's uh, very effective. Um, and overall, I think between the the light, lightness in the paint and the way that they've sculpted Aquaman, one of the things that I've noticed about this is that he's the least bulky of um, the male figures that they've done so far, which I, I think really adds to the effect of knowing this is Aquaman and you know feeling like it's a a real quote unquote Aquaman figure if that makes sense. Um, paint wise the only thing that has um, gone a little bit awry is his face. Um, he has got almost an orangish orangish sort of face. Um, the, the paint they've chosen is either just a little bit too dark or they've done a, a dark wash on it. And so he either looks like he spent a little bit too long at the solarium or maybe part of his secret origin is that he is part Oompa Loompa. And so that is a disappointing, uh, the only disappointing element of this for me, really. Um, and, and again, it's not as bad as I initially thought it was when I looked at it in the packaging. When you get him out of the packaging, when you photo photograph him, it's really not as noticeable, um, but still, um, you know, because we're here to give a, a critical opinion, um, definitely that paint choice, either in choice or application, was not uh, 100%. Um, so all up, um, I'm going to give this a dolly rating of 8 out of 10, um, one for the um, face paint, and one simply uh, because the extra water effects in attachment are not um, as easy and obvious as they should be, but this is a brilliant figure. Like I said, um, I've really loved quite a few of the figures in this line, but this tops it off, and I don't think it's just because it's Aquaman. I think it's because they have really done um, a beautiful, beautiful job, um, and I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, this guy can stand without his stand because the stands are bulky. Um, the only one so far that absolutely has to have a stand is Wonder Woman. Um, uh, Flash and Batgirl I haven't had great standing success with, but I have gotten away without the stand so far, but really eats up display space, takes a lot of room, so best avoided. And there's lots of possible poses of this guy that I can use without even needing the stand. So well done, Play Arts Kai. And uh, well done, team, for um, a great show of reviews which we hope that you've enjoyed we'll come back in just one moment to wrap things up and remind you how you can be involved in episode 150 more muscle more metal more than heroes they're legends legend bought from mighty batman comics all new legends blaze with all new power Slice into time with Samurai Batman striking a massive blow for justice. As Silver Knight Batman flash sizzling steel and cut through crime of a different time. And encased in a mammoth medal of flight pack, Batman solved the riddle of crime every time. More than heroes, they're legends. Legends of Batman. They just eat soul separately. So, that is our show. We hope that you've enjoyed all of the reviews that the gang has put together for you. We hope that you had a great holiday season as well, and hopefully some nice toy goodies under the tree, even if you chose them and put them there. 
This is the last show before episode 150. We are looking forward next week to bringing you two really fun things. First of all, our year in review, uh, where we look back at the toy collecting world in 2014 and discuss um, the highlights and lowlights. And then also a mega AFB challenge, a trivia challenge put together by John, um, which will be really a fun way to celebrate our 150th. But there's two ways that you can be involved. First of all, listen to the question at the beginning of this show or look on our website for them. Send in your answer to those five questions to podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you could win one of two great prize packs from either Mike's Comics and Stuff or Raid Collections. And secondly, and something that we would really love you to do, put together a 30 to 60 second audio file. You can record voice on your smartphone, etc. It doesn't have to be a beautiful sound quality. Send it in to us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and just tell us who who you are, what part of the world you live in, what you collect, and why you like listening to this show. And we would love to play those throughout the show next week if we get enough. Um, thanks again for all of your support. Thanks for getting us this far. We love doing it for you. And we uh, hope that the end of the holiday season is a really positive one for you and your family. Stay safe. And uh, why not call your mom and see if she's okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.